Hey kids, this is me, Icy Robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World's Famous. This time out, well, I think this time out is mostly a catch-up episode. We're gonna talk about the flea market, gonna talk about what I've been doing, gonna talk about Halloween, gonna talk about all kinds of stuff, but until we get there, Grand Mr. Grandpa, kick that beat! Okay, Icy Robot, let's get this party started right. Let's get this party started quickly. This is world's famous with IC robot. Well, guys, I'm back behind the microphone. It feels like it's been quite a long time. I, I had my birthday. I had my birthday recently. We went through Halloween. That was fun. Halloween was great, man. Had a lot of a lot of trick-or-treaters around the house. I, I've, I've since put away all the decorations and got everything back to the uh, the normal state of affairs here around the uh, around the Earth base. But it's always it's always nice when the season changes. Things are getting cooler. It's uh a little, uh, just a little moisture in the air. We had some rain, which is rare around these parts. That was, that was fun. The reservoirs are filling up. The, the fire season has been called to a close. So it's all, it's all good, man. I've just really been like, I've been enjoying life. Just walking around. The other day, I took our jack-o'-lanterns over to the, over to the burnt-out stump of, uh, what was once Oak Park. Oak Park, my beloved swim club that burnt down back in, uh, the Tubbs fire. 2017, I was over on the lot there, I took our jack-o'-lanterns, and we, you, uh, you smash them on the ground, and you make them available for deer to eat. There's a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of deer over in the field where the, where the swim club, uh, used to be. There's, I'm not even kidding, there's probably like 15 or 20, which is, which is cool. There's little baby ones, there's big grown ones, so you throw the, you throw the pumpkin on the ground for them to chomp on. They, they seem to enjoy it. We were, we were over there... All this, all this left is, um, some tennis courts. The property has been bought by the, the Rican Valley School District, and they, they have plans to build a school sometime within the next, uh, within the next 20 years. So I, I don't know. It feels like they're just kind of buying the property to hold it for the future, which is, which is fine, because up until then, there's deer there, and there's an abandoned tennis court. But we, we went over there, it was raining a little bit, and we walked around. It was, it was sad, honestly. The, the swim club used to be a place that we just absolutely loved. They had a massive outdoor swimming pool, and then they had a smaller, like, indoor pool, and they had, like, a snack bar, and all those things. But it wasn't, it wasn't hoity-toity in any way. It was, it was very 70s. The whole thing had just, like, this real, like, this 70s hot tub aesthetic with, like, wood. It just, it was just a, a fantastic place. I love to go there. A, a yearly membership was like $500 and I paid it. I paid it happily. That was for the whole family. We would go and we would swim and play tennis and they had like a little a little weight room. You could really like front like who part of the country club. It was really, really, really fun but it um it bit the dust. Way back in the day I, I missed that place. It was, it was sad to walk around. It's all it's all just like a field now. They filled in the swimming pools and they've covered that so that nobody will fall in which would which would be tragic, but there's like a burnt out pile of garbage over on one side. I, I dug around in there and I found a couple, a couple barrel hoops, you know, like the metal hoops that uh, they use to hold barrels, all the, the sticks for barrels all together. I found a couple of those and we, I brought them home for some, some future, some future project. They were in like a giant pile of like burnt out stuff, but it's, it's sad. It's sad to be over there, but it's also, it's also interesting and it's also kind of nice to see the, the deer we smashed. We smashed the pumpkins. The deers all ran away before we got there, but after after a few minutes of us walking around, they they kind of they kind of start poking out again because they're they're pretty domesticated as far as like these kind of things go. I mean, I don't 
don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. They're not like domesticated. You can't pet them, but they they know that uh they know that you're not gonna bust a shot at them. They can tell that. So they they do kind of drift around you a little bit more than than like a you would expect. So it was fun to see them. They ate the pumpkin. I saw them eating the pumpkin, which was really cool. I, I think I might go take our other pumpkin over there. I don't know if I'm going to take it over there or if I'm going to mulch it in our in our garden. It's a it's a toss-up. Do I save it for me? Do I give it to them? Within, within all rights, it's mine. I can keep it. Maybe I'll give them one more and I'll keep one for myself. I... I, I, that seems fair. That seems fine. But um, I'm trying to think what was going on beside that. There was like, there was just a lot of nothing for my birthday week, honestly. I just kind of chilled around the house. It rained for a few days in a row, which is pretty fun. I just chilled here, walked around. We did go to, uh, we went to a comedy show. We went to see Nikki Glazer, the comedian at uh, the Luther Burbank Center. That was fun. It was the beginning of her tour. So the, the set list was all different and she was kind of mixing things up on the fly. It was fun. It was good. The tickets were only like 30 bucks. We had nice seats. It was nice night out. You know, we went uh, we went and got sushi on my actual birthday. I myself, I am not like the giantest fan of like restaurants or like restaurant sushi in general. The, the grocery store down the street, the hoity-toity grocery store known as Oliver's has a little little sushi bar inside and they have a guy chippy chopping that all day so I I do eat quite a bit of the sushi but I, I honestly I honestly think the sushi over at the Oliver's is just as good if not better than the sushis that I get in restaurants it's also it's also just a matter of taste food is like that it's all just a matter of taste it might be that I'm just like very 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 much into this uh Oliver sushi because I eat it all the time the guy over there's cool you can ask him you can ask him to like throw extra crunchy stuff on the top you can ask him to like spread the different sauces. He'll do whatever you want. He's just, he's chill. I also get poke bowls over there every once in a while, and I, I like them with brown rice. So homeboy will, uh, he'll make me one with brown rice. He has a big pot of brown rice there. It's all, it's all good. They'll even make your sushi with the brown rice, which I, which I myself, I don't, I don't really go for. I mean, I would eat it. I don't, I don't really care, but it's, it's not something I would, like, ask for, per se. But, uh, let's, let's move forward a bit. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to open up this Motu that's honestly been sitting over here for, it feels like four or five weeks. There is only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe. E-Man. This is the Mo2 Minute with the man who sold Kaldor the acid that burnt off his face. I see robots. Yeah, that's right, that's me. I'm that guy that sent the acid to that sad sack, Kaldor, that burnt off his whole stupid face, leaving him to be a skull. I, I myself, I have this, uh, this Masterverse figure that's been sitting around my office for, I don't know, man, it feels like, it feels like four weeks. I was over at the Target. I was at the Target looking around. Target's done a, they've done a toy reset. There's all kinds of fun stuff there now, and I, I was over there looking around, and I saw... I saw this fig, and I, I thought about buying it, but I didn't buy it. But I, I mentioned to the wife that I, I kind of felt like, maybe, let's go back and uh, take a look and see if we can if we can pick this guy up. And then she, she stopped over at Walmart on her lunch at work, and she bought me this figure out of the kindness of her heart. And I have it right here in my hand. This is the Masterverse 30 Points of Articulation Masters of the Universe. 
Tila. Tila is one of the top two or three characters, I think, in the whole Moti universe. So you got He-Man, Skeletor, and then honestly, maybe Tila would be next. Her or uh, Man-at-Arms, or maybe maybe Cringer or Orgo. You know, depending depending on your point of view. This though, this is this is the Masterverse version. This is kind of like the uh, Star Wars Black or the uh, you know the, the really nice Marvel figures by Hasbro. The kind, all kinds of articulation. All kinds of weapons. Marvel Legend was the word that I was was searching for a second ago. This is the Marvel Legend version of a Motu figure, and I I saw this. It was the Tila in the classic Tila uniform. You know, the helmet, the white with the whole the shield and all that stuff. I'd previously bought a Masterverse Tila. Masterverse figures are kind of the ones about that uh, cartoon on Netflix right now, but they they throw in some like old school twists and stuff. I think I think it's an interesting line, and I think I'm kind of maybe might start getting into it. I only I only have two right now. I have Evil Lynn and I have Tila, who were kind of they were kind of the main figures in the uh, in in the series. I thought that series was pretty good, honestly. But I but I also have to admit I never. I never not never watched season two. I only watched season one, and I thought it was really good. And then for whatever reason, I just like I never started up on it again. Never not never. But uh, before we get too far into this, let's um let's go into the old computer database and find out what we can find about Tila really quick. Tila is the captain of the royal guard at the Palace of Eternos and thus responsible for training and protecting Prince Adam of Eternia. While Adam is he man. Tila often assists him in his battles, though she is unaware of his alternate identity. Tila was one of the first characters developed for Masters of the Universe. This is the third Tila figure I see Robots has purchased in a calendar year. Isn't that uh isn't that interesting to me that was to me that was the most interesting point of the whole thing. I have 3 Tila figures in the course the course of a year, I have the the retro version, the you know the the standard He Man, and I got these two these two master verses. What do you know, man? I guess I guess I'm Tila's number one fan. Let's see what it says on the back the back of the packaging. Tila, warrior goddess, learning she had been lied to her entire life, Tila threw down her sword, rejected her title, and turned her back on her family, friends, and all, all of Eternia. Fate, however, has a way of returning. Prince Adam's secret identity as He-Man, the same secret that shattered her trust, became intertwined with her quest to save magic from disappearing from Eternia. Then, then you have uh, pics of the four figures that are available in the, in this wave. You got He-Man, Tila, Skeletor, and Merman. The He-Man is kind of like he's like in an old school, like a barbarian kind of helmet with like horns on each side. Then you got the old school Tila. Then there's a, like a warrior version of Skeletor where he's wearing a helmet. You can only see their heads. And then there's Merman from the show. I wouldn't honestly get any of these. When I was when I was on the online poking around, I saw that um the He-Man, like a barbarian, for whatever reason, this is available all over the place for like $12.99 shipped. I don't I don't know if people overbought or whatever, but I if you wanted that one, you could probably get that one really cheap right about now. And it's not it's not a bad version of He-Man. I think you can take the helmet off and then it's just standard with like with like barbarian gear, like a Frank Frazetta or whatever that guy's name is. But um, let's let's uh let's dig into this fig. I've been I've been, this has been sitting here for so long, and I wanted to I wanted to check it out, but I also wanted to share it with you. the The packaging it's like you know collector friendly, where you can uh easily 
slide the card in and out. She's held in place by a series of um, little plastic pegs. We're going to cut those off. We're trying the Vidal Sassoon scissors, but I don't, I'm not sure that's the right tool. I made three attempts and finally I got one off. So I don't, we might go back to the the Arthur Fonzarelli brand. Um, snippity snip. Man, I'm not even snipping. I'm just like pulling. I'm going to just grab it with my fingers. Got that out. And then she also has them around her arm. These are, I, I hate these. But, uh, hate's a strong word for a small piece of plastic. But I got them, I got them all out. Let's, in the, in the packaging, she has two heads. One wearing her tiara, and then one with just her long hair. Then she has, she has a replacement handset where they are fists. She has a shield, and she comes with a sword. I don't know if Tila has, like, a special sword. Like the, uh, you know, He-Man's power sword. Or if it's just, you know, this is, like, her preferred blade. I don't know if it's... If it's Valerian Steel or what, uh, what have you. Speaking of Valerian Steel, wasn't that season of House of Dragon? Wasn't that fun? I don't usually go for that fantasy stuff, but that was, that was pretty fun, man. It looks like, uh, Game of Thrones is back to form, which is something, something I think we all would like. Let's, um, let's put the sword in her hand. Very, very nice looking figure, to be honest. Looks like a, a really cool, like, up-to-date adaptation of the, uh, classic, uh, Tila garb the the shield goes out very cool let's um let's check out her replacement head the replacement head which i just dropped is helmetless it's just her with her long hair out looking looking a little forlorn honestly i sort of that's the look that she has on the back of the package and i kind of i kind of like it honestly she looks like she's still Tila she's still Tila in her garb but she's a little more casual because she's not wearing a tiara. That's that's pretty nice, man. Honestly, now that I put it on, let's um let's mess with the shield a bit. I honestly think let's see, the shield goes this way. It's a good design. The uh there's two straps on the inside, and one of the straps is wider than the other one, so it can go further down her arm, which is makes it easier to uh to hold on to that. I've always I always wanted to fight with a shield. I think a shield is cool. Like, Captain America has a shield. Having a sword and shield seems very fun. Of course, when we were younger, we all played with uh, garbage can lids. Back in, back in Illinois, this is just a, like a side tale. Back in Illinois, they would pick up the garbage. We had an alley behind our house. And the garbage can, the garbage cans would be out in the alley. And the truck would go down. And these were like, you know, round cylinder garbage cans. And the, the garbage man would get out and throw the, um throw the garbage into the thing. they pick up the can and throw it. And then they would always, they would just like throw your uh, your garbage can on the ground. They'd just be like laying on the, on the ground all, just whatever, all askew. They weren't, they weren't very neat about it. But um, I I would always go back there and pick up the, the can for my, my folks. And it, it was really just an excuse to get my hands on the lid because I could use the lid as a shield. This was, this was back in the day. And like, this was like the Midwest where garbage cans are thick. Garbage cans are heavy. These ones were meant to last because these fools were throwing them off the back of trucks, right? So this, this was like almost like a vibranium shield. This one was like very hard and I would play with this and a stick and I was always into doing that till one day and I can, I can still picture it in my head. One day I went to get the can and I was, I picked it up and there were all kinds of maggots inside and it was so gross. It was so gross. I almost, I almost vomited right on the spot and that was the, uh, that was the end of me messing around with the can. But uh, that's that's a little gross story for uh, for you guys there. But um, I do like this figure. I'm, I'm, I've been playing with her the whole time. I've been telling you the story. Now, now in my head, I can really picture the uh, the Illinois Alley 
it was interesting how there was like an alley connecting all all the blocks together, and you would take shortcuts through the alley to get to the park quicker. There's hardly any alleys here in a uh, in Santa Rosa. There are like a few downtown, but they're not they're not that interesting. Except of course, Anarchy Alley over by Sawyer's News, where all the punk rocks used to hang out. I I think it was like this punk rock spot. It was like Anarchy Alley between these two buildings, and somebody spray painted John Lennon on the wall. <laughs> I remember that as a kid. I was like, John Lennon must be some. Some famous punk rocker, which we all we all know he is. Shout out to Ferg. Ferg's resting up from an uh, injury. Shout out to you, Ferg. Hope you're doing great. Hope everything's working out well. well uh, uh, Ferg, of course, is the um, Ferg, of course, is the um, well uh, the architect behind the Atari Twenty Six Hundred Game by Game podcast, which we all know and love. Really, really great, great guy. Really, really great, great show. show. But, but um, um, let's, let's let's see where were we? Oh, Anarchy Alley, John Lennon, Tila Shield. That's uh, I think that's about it as far as Tila. It's, well, I haven't even really talked about her. She has. Tons of articulation, wrist, elbow. I I just think this is a really nice figure, honestly. This was, um, thinking I might get into the Masterverse line. They are pretty cool, man. And they've been, they've been doing pretty consistent releases, honestly, which is, which is something that I I do enjoy. And they're very easy to get a hold of. When I go to the store, there's always tons of them as compared to the, the retros. I'm going to get both. I don't know. I just, uh, I really like Motus, man, which is funny because your guy's not... A swords and sandals kind of bro, but I, I, I've always liked He-Man. Let's let's put this back in here. Let me ask you guys this: What do you do with your spare hands? What do you do? I get them with every figure, and I just don't know how to how to keep them. Right now, I have a jar. It's like an old um old peanut butter jar, an Adam's glass peanut butter jar, and I just throw my I throw my Motu hands and just my Marvel Legends hands or what have you into here, and I'm just like I don't even know. If I've ever actually changed hands, to be honest, I just kind of display them and then that's it. I I bought a, a man at arms, a man at arms from this very line a few months ago. And his hands are just in there with Taylor's hands, which is, uh, who knows, man. But what do you guys do? How do you, uh, how do you organize your hands, like in regard to finding them back to the correct figure? That's, that's what I worry about because they're all just hands. Or do you figure, well, they're all just interchangeable hands. Who cares? But, uh, anyway, let's, uh... Let's move forward. Really like this figure. If you see it, I highly recommend it. Uh, let's find out what's going on this week in Japanese League Baseball. Take it away, Derek. Charge. This week in Japanese League Baseball. As we near the end of the season, let's look back at Kazuchiko Kanamura and his year in left field. Kaz Kana hit 215 from the left side and 208 from the right making him the lowest ranked hitter in the league. Kaz dropped 9 easy pop flies and threw 2 balls into the crowd thinking it was the third out. Outside of the diamond, Kaz was known for his charity work on behalf of pugs born with snouts that are too long for them to be considered pugs. He has adopted 14 long-nosed pugs over the last three months of the year. That was this week in Japanese League Baseball. This is World's Famous, Act Like You Know. Hey guys, this is me, Sea Robots, we're back. Uh, thanks, uh, big shout out to Derek, big shout out to Kaz Kana for adopting those pugs with long snouts. I, I appreciate that, man, I'm down for any and all animal charities, it's nice to be Nice to be kind to God's creatures. Uh, trying to think of some other things I did. Oh, I, 
I went to a corn maze. Have you guys ever done that? You ever done the corn maze over in Petaluma? That's that's two cities over in the direction of San Francisco. It's a it's a nice town. It's where they filmed American Graffiti. It's where they filmed uh, Inventing the Abbots and a bunch of bunch of other things. It's it's a it's a really like it's a real 1950s looking place. But they they have this giant corn maze there every year. It's I believe I read in the paper it's the ninth largest corn maze in the country, which is which is honestly pretty big if you if you think about it. There's probably like corn mazes all over the place. There's another corn maze a couple towns over. They're everywhere, and this is the ninth biggest one in all of the land. It's honestly like it's pretty big. If you guys have never done a corn maze, I'm going to highly recommend doing so. It's a lot of exercise. It's a lot of like problem solving. It's it's pretty interesting. They have. They have like a pumpkin patch attached to it, but the but the maze is the main feature. I think it cost eight dollars for me and the uh, old lady to get in, and it took us it took us forty eight minutes to get out. They have like a little notification out front, and it says that it should take you an hour and a half to get in and out. So we did it in record time. This is this is what I did. I I we got in, and I'm like, look. We got to try to get through this as quickly as possible. I really want to set like a good pace. We done the corn maze one year previously and we got absolutely lost. We were there for like two and a half, like I'm not even kidding, like two and a half hours just walking and walking and walking. A maze is wild. When you do one like like in a notebook as a kid, you, you can see the overhead view. You can see like, oh, if I go this way, I'll get trapped. If I go this way, I'll get trapped. But when you're like, when you're really in the maze, when you're literally the rat in the maze, you have no idea where you're going. You can't see. You're just going this way. You go this way. You got to try to remember the routes you took in case you have to go back. You got to figure out which ways are going to lead to walls. It's it's pretty wild, man. But the strategy I had was like, look, let's go all the way to the east, to the eastern wall, and then we'll do our best to follow the wall all the way around and out. I'm like, if we stick to the wall... We won't get trapped in the middle. We won't get anything like that. And, and it did actually work. So if you get the chance to do one of these, head to the outer rim and keep going around that way. The The fun thing is you're, you're walking around. And there's like a lot, a lot, a lot of other people in the maze too. And you keep passing the same people over and over and over again. And you start seeing like more and more desperation on their face, which is very interesting. Because the wife and I, we're just like, look... We got time. We got time. We're going to do the maze. It's going to be fun. However long it takes is how long it takes. We're just going to walk and we're going to talk and we're going to walk and we're going to talk and we're going to try to figure it out. But you see a lot of desperation. There was this one guy that we kept passing over and over and over again. And finally, he's just like, I can't find my way out. I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, bro, try to get to the outer wall. Because you can kind of figure out where the outer walls are because there's there's like traffic and the parking lot and all these things. You can kind of... You can kind of hear. You can't really see through the corn, but you can hear the other people on the outside. So I'm like, listen, listen for people. Go to the wall. Follow the wall out. And eventually I did see him over at the pumpkin patch when we were all out. So I know that he did. He did eventually make it out, but he might have like burst through the corn for all I know. You can you can do that. If it gets to be too overwhelming, if you're too trapped, you can always just like you can just bust your way through the corn and leave. I I'm not a corn buster. I'm not going to do that. I'm a maze completer. We completed it. We did it in 48 minutes. Like I said, amazing time. We're, we're fantastic. We we did set a very brisk pace. Like, 
we've been doing some hikes and we've been going to the gym and doing all that stuff. And these things like really, really paid off. We were able to set a pretty brisk pace through the maze. Like we were just trucking through, going through. And it was, it was fun. There are, there are two outposts in, in the maze where you can climb up and see an overhead view. We found the first one. That was pretty cool. I want to do the whole thing. I want the whole maze. I want to get... I want to get to both checkpoints, and then I want to get out. That's how I look at it. Like, it's a video game. You want to hit the checkpoint. So we found checkpoint one, and that was pretty cool. And we could see checkpoint two, like, off in the distance when we were up on the platform. But, like, we couldn't get there. This was, like, the one delay we had. I think we could have maybe completed the maze, but I wanted both checkpoints. And we just, like, we could not find the second one. And then we're, like, walking and walking and walking. And then all of a sudden, there it was. I have no idea how I got there. I seriously have, like... No idea. If you're listening to this right now, go over to the tweets. I I posted a picture of the maze. They they sell like these souvenir postcards that you can buy when you go in, just in case you you get trapped. It's a map to show you the way out. I myself, I didn't buy it until we were done because I'm just like I don't want any kind of temptation to cheat. I want to do this all for self. I want to do it and know that I'm the one who found my way out, not some postcard. But I I, I got the postcard. I took a picture of it. I posted it up on the tweets. That's at I see robots on the tweets. I S double E robots, all one word. And uh, you can take a look at it. You can see it's very, very, very big. It was very fun. If you have one of these near you, I recommend it. There's a lot that can be said for going out and doing real things in real life. Video games are fun. Movies are fun. TV shows are fun. But nothing beats like actually going out and doing something in real life. We do corn mazes for fun. I like to do batting cages because that's fun, very real. You get to grip and rip. I think we're going to start going to the uh, driving range and hit some golf balls. I have never, not never been good at golf in any way. I think I've played like an entirety, maybe two, like two rounds of golf. But it's fun to go to the driving range. It's fun to hit some balls. And that's really the lesson of this whole story. It is fun to go out there and do real things. It's fun to walk. It's fun to get dirty. It's fun to be outside. Go and do something fun right now. I realize a lot of... A lot of the places you guys live, like, there's snow, there's weather and stuff. But just go outside. Go outside, build a snowman, build an igloo, do some snow angels or something. Just have some fun, man. It's fun to go outside and do some real-life things like a maze. Let's, uh, let's move forward. I think the next segment is the flea market. There's been a lot of things going on at the local flea market. The A look at this week's flea market acquisitions. I went to the flea market, hadn't gone for a few, and it has been really weird. I I took a break from the flea market, and when I when I returned, every everything was different. The Sebastopol flea market, my beloved Sebastopol flea market, has gone and shut down on the permanent tip. It's fine. the The owners decided they wanted to retire. It's it's been on the decline for, I'm not even kidding, for like 10 years straight. Ever since the Santa Rosa flea market popped up, the, the end has felt like very near for years. But it's finally, it's finally here. And this is sad. The The Sebastopol flea market has been open since the 60s, since the 1960s. I I say that like you thought maybe I meant the 1860s. But it was in fact the 1960s. So it's a, it's a long-running institution and it, it's sad to see it go. But... The way things have been going lately, it's like there are things that I care about closing like every every single few months it feels like. It's it's a hard time for local business. We all know this and it's not it's just it's not unexpected and it is 
it is sad, but my body has become a little, uh, a little bit immune to these kind of things. The gym closed, you know, Toys R Us closed. It's like things are just going left and right, but sometimes, sometimes these things shutting down work out for the best because all... All the remaining vendors over at the Sebastopol Flea Market have moved the Santa Rosa Flea Market. So now that flea market is, like, so much bigger and so much livelier than it's ever been in the past. The The Sebastopol Flea Market was, at toward the end, it was mostly just like a Mexican mercado with, with like, fruits and vegetables and little taco stands and little churro places. Just little things like that. And, and, and all these, these things have moved over to Santa Rosa and the vibe has moved with them, the, the music and the energy and just all the fun things I like about Sebastopol are now in Santa Rosa. So it's like, in a lot of ways, all it's, all it's done is like save me a drive over to Sebastopol, which is only like, it's only like 20, 25 minutes. But, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, nice amount of change to be, to be saving every day. It is a beautiful drive, though, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss it. And I am, I am gonna miss the Sebastopol flea market. I really, really am. I, I enjoyed going there week in and week out, despite there not being like a million good junk vendors. There was always good food. That was where I got my fruit. It was, it was just a really great vibe over there. It was also for me. It was more fun to sell there, even though you didn't get as many customers. They, they had tables like already set up in the ground. So all you'd have to do was like. Just, like, pull your car in and take your stuff out and sit it on the table. It was so much easier and so much, so much just more chill than, like, in Santa Rosa where you gotta, like, bring your own table, design a setup, and I, I choose not to do it very often. I just want to, like, take out the, the comics I'm trying to get rid of and the magazines I'm trying to get rid of and my, my extra DVDs and stuff, and I just want to, I just want to sit them on a table and just have somebody come and buy them, so it's, uh... It's sad to see that go. I don't. I don't know how often I'll be selling at the flea market anymore because I. I just. I don't know, man. It's just. It is what it is. But uh, this is this is one thing. This is a big mix-up as far as things go. When I say mix-up, I mean like stirring the pot, not like, not like a confusion or whatever. This is uh This is one of the big effects of the, of the flea market um shutting down. I, I'm friendly with a lot of vendors over there. A lot of, a lot of the, my friends sell at the, the Santa Rosa Flea Market. I'm talking to Homie, and Homie sells, uh, he sells pastries, let's just say. And it's always been, this has been the rule at the Santa Rosa Flea Market. This is how it is. If you sell a particular food stuff, they won't allow anybody else to sell the same food stuff. For example, let's say you sell, I don't know, donuts. You sell donuts. If you're the first donut vendor, they won't allow any other donut vendors. It's, uh, that's just the way it is. That's always been the rule for the last 14 years of the Santa Rosa flea market. One taco truck, one, one donut, donut guy, guy, one, one hot, hot dog, dog guy, guy, one, one coffee, coffee cart, cart one, one snow, snow cone, cone thing. thing. Just, that's the way it is. But now that the Santa Rosa flea market has a monopoly on the area flea markets, that rule is out the window. There are like... Numerous donut sellers, numerous coffee sellers, numerous, uh, well, there's only one snow cone. There are numerous fruit, numerous taco trucks. It is all wild. She no longer, the Santa Rosa Flea Market no longer has to uh, live up to these rules they've made because they have the monopoly over area flea markets. If you don't like it, what are you going to do? Go to Oakland, go to the Oakland Flea Market. That's miles and miles and miles away. So 
a lot of these longtime vendors in Santa Rosa are really up in arms. It's like every time I go over to Homie's uh, shop to get some stuff, it's like all I hear is about the about how evil Santa Rosa flea market has become because now now there are three or four people selling hot dogs instead of just one. I get it, man. I get it. It's like if you're making money week in and week out selling hot dogs and next week you're making like uh, one quarter of the money selling wieners because there's four other wiener guys. It's like I get it. You're annoyed. But this is... This is what happens in our country when you have a monopoly. It's sad, but the uh, the worker's the one who takes the hit. But I figure you got to pivot. You got to find ways to pivot. Things are always changing. Life is always in a state of flux. And the the things that you count on can be swept out from under your feet in a second. So you got to be ready to make some moves. You got to make some moves in the business world. That's that's my advice to all these uh, flea market hot dog vendors. But uh, it's just weird. It's weird. I took... It took like six weeks off from the flea market. Like, I'm not even kidding. I would just wake up and be like, nah, don't want to go. Next week, nah, don't feel like it. Next week after that, hmm. Then eventually I decided, you know, let's just go. And when we went, it was actually pretty fun. The way all the vendors were uh, were integrated. I kind of think that I sunk into like a flea market depression when, when I found out about Sebastopol closing and I decided I just didn't want to go for a while. I just stayed away, which is which is understandable. It's hard. These things are hard. And I've, I've suffered a lot of uh, consumer loss lately. The gym, the Toys R Us, like I said, all these things. All these things have really been adding up. And it's uh, it just, it, it, it pulled me away. It pulled me away. But then... When I went back, it was all fun. It was all happy, and I had a great time. I'm not even going to lie. My favorite fruit vendor was there. My favorite taco truck. My favorite taco truck of all the taco trucks is this one that's at the flea market. And guess what? They're at the Santa Rosa flea market now, so I got to drive far less to get the tacos. But um, I I had friends over in Sebastopol who had, like, full-time setups over there. They had, like, these uh like these locations you could rent, and they came with, with storage. Like, you could leave your stuff there during the week, and then you could just have it right there on the, on the weekends. And I knew my friend Stella, a few people like that, who they, they sold, like, T-shirts or hats and stuff, and... and they um they have to pack up and leave and it's sad because they've been there for I don't know 40 years 30 years these some of these people in Sebastopol have been there for a very 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 long time and I feel bad for them but you got to pivot you got to find some way to transport your hats now you got to find some way to transport your shirts to Santa Rosa every week and, and set up there it's not it's not ideal but life is life is frequently not ideal and all you can do is learn to uh Learn to go with the flow. That's my advice. Go with the flow. Go with the flow, guys. Learn to pivot. But um, anyhow, it's it's all wild. Flea market politics. Life, life in a state of flux. Let's um, let's move forward. I think we spent like eight minutes, nine minutes talking about this. Not, I wanted to keep it to four. It is what it is. I guess. Butterfly in the sky. Icy robots, and we are back for another fun segment. This one is called Reading Rainbow. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna dabble in some books that uh, I've, I've been reading lately. I, I am in the. I think this might be the fifth, the fifth volume of this John Ringo zombie series. This one is called Strands of Sorrow. I just, I just picked it up. It's the ongoing tale of the Wolf Squadron and their battle to free the Earth from the, uh, from the zombie hordes. It's fine. It's good. I. 
I'm just like, I'm too deep into it to, g to get out now. I know all the characters, I know everything that's going on, so I might as well just like, I might as well just keep mowing through until, uh, until the end. I think there might be like four more books in this. This is, this is a zombie apocalypse type thing. The, um, the zombie virus is airborne. Almost everybody in the world gets it. Some people are naturally immune and they survive. Some people hide out until it's all gone and then they, they come out and they survive. Some people, some people are at sea, they survive, but like by and large, everybody gets it. And these are like, these are like crazy fast running zombies. These aren't like, uh, these aren't like Romero zombies, even though they've been making some changes to those Walking Dead zombies. So zombies are, uh, zombies are uh, evolving all over the place, but these are, these are more like 28 days later, fast running, super scary, infected zombies. But, but as silly as it is, they try to they try to get some reality in here. So the zombies, they need water and they need like basic things to live. So some of them just drop dead. Some of them do manage to survive. But there's, there's zombies everywhere and the wolf squadron is trying to like clear up areas and save people and stuff. I've been into this for a while, dude. So it's like, I just gotta, I just gotta keep going. I know all about Faith. I know all about Sophie. I know all about uh, Lieutenant Wolf. I, this is so silly. I just started reading it, and I'm just like, I'm still at it. Still at the, uh, still in the zombie apocalypse world. I really, I really do like zombie things. I've always been, like, a super big zombie fan ever since, ever since, uh, if you listen to that Halloween episode a couple episodes back, and I, I watched the Night of the Living Dead on that Halloween, I have been so into zombies, and it was, it was cool during that that really, like, early zombie boom. You know, you got your, your 28 Days Later and the Walking Dead comics and then later the Walking Dead show. The, uh, there were all kinds of fun zombie stuff for a while. But then, of course, like, everything, it gets played out and there's too much zombie stuff. But I, I'm still in it. If it's a quality zombie thing, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. And what, what makes this kind of distinct is that the, uh, the, the main characters, the protagonists, are all, like, military guys. They're on, like, a military vessel. They're not, like, Rick and the gang in Alexandria. They're out there, like, on, on a naval destroyer like fighting zombies and it's kind of interesting just to kind of see how they would go about it it's a it's a new twist on an age-old tale of zombieism i've been i've been reading some comics i got my monthly comics here i still i still haven't dug into these i'm just i'm falling behind on um on comics shout out to a uh, shout out to tapes over on the uh logbook discord sign up for their patreon you can get into that it's fun we chitty chat chat all the day long but we were talking about comics I was talking about this human target here. This is book number eight. This is the final one in this mini-series I've been reading where it, it, it starts off with the human target. He's been poisoned and he has to figure out over the issues who did the poisoning and he runs into like the cool old Justice League with like Guy Gardner. He has run it with Guy Gardner. Fire and Ice, which is always fun to see those two. You don't see them enough. Blue Beetle, all these guys from the good old Justice League International back in the day. And that that's a fun one. I gotta I gotta get into this. I got the new Fantastic Four. I haven't I haven't read this one either. I decided to start reading the four. I haven't read the four in a while, but I, I do I do enjoy the four. And then I got Batman here. I think that I'm gonna quit reading Detective. It's too it's just too gothy for me. And I imagine that you guys are going, well, it's Batman. Of course it's gothy. But you know what? Batman wasn't always so gothy. Batman used to wear blue, used to take his shirt off, and he used to ski in the mountains with Ra's al Ghul. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing some of that nowadays. But he's gothy now, and he lives in the, uh, he lives in the sewer. I got uh, Action Comics number 1048. This one's pretty good. Good old Cal-El has returned to Earth. He's been in space for, oh my gosh, it seems like two or three years now he's been in War World. Like two or three literal years worth of issues. But finally he's back on Earth. And then I got Daredevil number four. And in this one, 
this is kind of fulfilling my bat needs here because he's climbing a mountain in a furry coat with uh with Electra. I I need to see Batman climb some mountains. So this this right here might be fulfilling some needs. I'm gonna get into this. I I'm considering making the switch over to digital comics. I think this is what I was thinking. I was thinking I might keep one Marvel and one DC. That being probably Daredevil and probably Action. I think Action is gonna always have like a piece of whatever the big thing going on is so you can keep up i think you can keep up with the whole universe through action and then i you know i like daredevil daredevil's my dude so i thought i'd keep that and then get maybe like some kind of like digital subscription to kind of kind of keep up on all the random titles i don't know i'm probably not going to do anything i think about these things all the time and then i don't i don't do anything about them but uh but uh but uh but i think that we are i think we're i think we're about at the end of the program, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's like really important to uh, to talk about on um, on the next on the next world famous. We're coming back with um, I'm going to see a SpongeBob musical at a local uh, junior college. I'll I'll talk about that, and then I want to I want to do the top five soups of all the time in space. It's um it's soup season, dude. We we had soup like I think three times last week. The wife. The wife is a big soup maker, and we're going to talk about soups, dude. We're going to talk about canned soup, homemade soup, all kinds of soup, restaurant soup. So think about it. While you're uh, while you're away from me, think about what are your favorite soups of all the soups that are out there. It's a great, tasty, warm treat on a uh, cold fall day. So we're going we're gonna to get into that. Um, this is... This is kind of what I'm hoping to settle down into. I want to do one of these one week, and then I want to do an audio handbook of the Marvel Universe the next week. So that, like, you're getting something from your guy every week, but it's, like, it's different enough for me to, like, really, really stay interested. That's that's always an issue, dude. It's hard to do the same thing week in and week out. So that's going to give a little variety to my life, and it'll be fun. And I hope that I hope that you guys do like the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe. I'm having a hoot and a half making those um, lately. Just did one on Leapfrog. That was pretty fun. I don't know who I'm going to do next. I'm thinking maybe, maybe like, maybe like the Silver Samurai, the X-Men villain Silver Samurai. That's kind of kind of been bouncing around in my head. I don't know, man. Maybe uh, Namorita, Namora. Uh, who is Namor's uh, wife? I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll think of something. It'll be fun. It's always fun. We just we just had one about Ironheart, Riri Williams from the Namor movie. Saw the Namor movie. Thought it was pretty good. When I say Namor movie, I mean the Wakanda movie. Thought it was pretty fun. Liked it. Had a good old time. But uh, I don't know. Keep your eye on the feed. There's always stuff coming down the pipe. Always good stuff coming down the pipe, Mister Mister Sensational. Been working as a teacher. Got those teacher stories. That's a crazy storyline. Been enjoying that. But uh, hope you guys hang in there. Lack of Patreon content lately, and I, I do apologize for that. But man, I've been busy with these audio handbooks. I hope that I hope that y'all stick with me through all of this, uh, all this turmoil, just all this change. Life has changed. Change is good. You got to go with the flow and all that stuff. But um, until we meet again, my guys. Please hit us up on the tweets if it's still there at IC Robots. Uh, we're on Instagram at IC Robots, icrobots.com. All that good stuff there. Just Google IC Robots. It's all one word. You'll find all kinds of fun stuff. IC Robots Radio. It's where you get again. If you don't like what's going on in the news, go out there and make some of your own. I am um, bringing the organ. And you know, I got to have that. a mystery. Some people listen, then say we're whack. But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack. Now look at you, you're sitting there, biting your lip. The whole world sees you as a hypocrite.
Yo, slick, blow. That's right. I see robots. Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. Incredible strength. Oh, wow. I do eat quite a bit of the soup. I'm not even sniffing. I'm just like pulling. I'm not a corn buster. I'm not going to do that. I'm not a corn buster. I'm not going to do that. I'm not a corn buster. I'm not going to do that. I'm a maze completer.